How you guys doing? Great. Hey, twins. How are you guys? I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tammy looks at me this morning and she goes, you have the darkest circles under your eyes I have ever seen. And she gives me this cream and she goes, and <laughs> so if I'm glowing, it's not the Holy Spirit. You know, it's would you pray with me? Because I need it. God, thank you so much for today. And I just pray that you help me to communicate what you want to communicate. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking of prayers, by the way, you know, please um, uh, pray for me and, and my wife and my family and Gary and Cindy and, and, and Sandy, our receptionist, because it just seems like, you know, I mean, like, there's a, there's a spiritual war going on, let's just put it that way, okay? And we, I, I need your prayers for sure. So anyway, uh, we're going to, if you would turn to Mark chapter 10, we're going to look at a passage that you're probably familiar with. So two men uh, arrive simultaneously at the pearly gates. And one of them, uh, a New York cab driver slash Uber driver, he goes up to St. Peter, and uh, St. Peter asks him his name and, and then looks him up in this big book. And St. Peter reads the history of his life, and then he says, oh, welcome into heaven. And as a welcome gift, please receive one of these silk robes and a gold staff, a replica of Moses's. And the man joyfully enters heaven. The next was a preacher, and he goes up to St. Peter, and St. Peter asks him his name and looks him up in this big book. And he reads the, his story, and, and St. Peter says, oh, well, welcome to heaven. You got in, um, but please, as a welcome gift, accept a cotton robe and a wooden uh, staff, uh, a replica of Moses's, to which the preacher says, oh, wait, wait, hold on a second. All due respect, St. Peter, but uh, I, I was a preacher, like, don't I deserve at least what the cabbie got? Like, don't I, get, should I get it like a silk robe and a gold staff? And St. Peter says, you know, ju ju just so you know, uh, we here in heaven, we, we value spiritual productivity, and it says here that when you preached, people slept. But when the cabbie drove, people were praying. <laughs> so please accept this wooden staff and cotton robe. Uh, I like pearly gate, gate jokes, you know, but I, I find that there is this underlying theme of productivity. This underlying theme of performance, there's St. Peter and the subject, the soul, and they discuss whether that soul on earth did enough, was good enough to deserve eternal life. And the story that we're going to look at right now is about a man who goes up to the presence of heaven. He goes up to the very gateway of heaven. He goes up to the one who created the pearly gates he goes up to Jesus, and he asks him a question. Let's look at what that question was, starting in verse 17. 
As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if this guy was single, he would be a perfect candidate for The Bachelor. I mean, he's young, he's rich, he's smart. If you notice how he words his question, he uses the poetical inherit eternal life, like God the Father, I will inherit from him. And, and he's polite, he's a nice guy. He falls down on his knees and, and, he, and he respectfully says, good teacher. And he's wise because he's eternally minded. He's the kind of guy that has it all together on the outside. The kind of guy that you would welcome to be a deacon in your church. The kind of guy that you would welcome to be a committee leader. And Jesus says this. He picks up on that word good. And he says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Was Jesus saying he wasn't good or that he wasn't God? No, on the contrary, Jesus was discreetly, indirectly saying, I am God because I am good. But he was also saying this, nobody else is good. You know the commandments, verse 19. You shall not murder. You should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud or, i.e., cheat. Honor your father and your mother. And what I, what I see in that is something interesting is what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say to him, oh, and by the way, if you hate somebody in your heart, to God, it's the same as if you just murdered somebody. If you lust after a woman, if you have lusted, it's as if you just fornicated or committed adultery. If you have been jealous or coveted what somebody else has to God, it's no different than stealing. Jesus doesn't say those things. And also, the commandments that Jesus did mention are only the commandments that are with regards to people to people. He doesn't mention the ones that are with regards to people to God, the first four commandments. The first being love God more than anything else. You shall have no other gods before me. So the man says, teacher, all these that you just mentioned, I have kept since I was a boy. In other words, good teacher, haven't I done enough good things to be good enough to inherit the goodness of heaven? An expectation. And look what Mark, the gospel writer, says. The only gospel writer who mentions this, he says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. How did Jesus love him? He says this. One thing you lack. In other words, 
you're not good enough. One thing you lack, you're missing something. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Wait a second, Pastor Kevin, that sounds kind of like a rebuke, like that could be kind of discouraging. How is that loving him? I love the saying that says, love like you've never been hurt. I need to hear that all the time. Love like you've never been hurt. And Jesus loved like he was never going to be hurt. The man that's standing before him, if there was no one else on the earth, his rebellion, his sin would be the reason that Jesus had just left Judea and was heading to Jerusalem for the last time to be crucified on the cross, to take on the wrath of God for the sins of that person, to be not just to suffer physically, but guys, like I can't even imagine what the sins of the world must have felt like on the soul of a righteous, holy God. And Jesus, knowing he's going to suffer for this young man, he yields to this conversation in which the young man wants kudos. Aren't I a good teacher? Aren't I good enough? Haven't I done enough good things to inherit the goodness of heaven? And Jesus loves him enough to hurt him not harm him, but to hurt his ego, to challenge his pride, to help him to see that there is something between him and God, something in his heart, to let him know that, hey, have you considered the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me, and God loves you enough to lead you into a challenging situation. He loves you enough to lead you into a painful circumstance. He loves you enough to say, hey, there, there's something between you and I. He loves you enough to challenge you. When uh, last week, so I, I've got this problem with my thumb, my, my tendon is really swollen in my thumb joint, and I can't, I can't bend my thumb. And if I force it, it locks in, it's super painful, and I have to pry it back open with my other hand. And so I don't want to go to the doctor and have to get like a little surgery, whatever. Um, and so I, 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 I'm going to ice it. I took some ibuprofen, and I grabbed a gel pack out of the freezer. And I put the gel pack on. Now, I was a wrestler, so I've, I'm used to icing different parts of my body, you know. And I know that when you ice a part of your body you haven't iced before or in a long time, the first 10 minutes hurts, you know. And, but I'm like, I'm going to bear through this. Yeah, it's, it's starting to hurt. And I put the gel pack on, and I start to squeeze it tight because I want it cold, you know. I want that swelling down. And so I'm squeezing that gel pack, and then it's starting to hurt more. 
and then it's starting to sting. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. Tammy, we're having this conversation. I'm trying to let her distract me and it's hurting. And then like 15 minutes later, I release my tight grip on that gel pack. I look at my thumb and the skin is entirely white. I frostbit my thumb. I looked at the gel pack. It says, do not use without a cover. There was no cover on it. I was trying to, I was like thawing out my thumb and my mouth, you know. And then for the next two days, my thumb was as if I burned it, like fried it. And even now, I've still lost some sensation in it. I was holding on too tightly. And God would ask you this morning, is there something in your heart you're holding on to too tightly, Christian? Is there something becoming, coming in between you and he? At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. There can be people, prestige, position, power, possessions that can come in between you and God. And for this young man, Jesus knew he wasn't going to sell everything. And he's not asking you and I to sell everything and come follow him. Jesus knew he wasn't going to be able to do that. But Jesus was challenging him and pointing that out. At this the man's face fell, verse 22. He went away sad because he had great wealth. My wife found our blue floor scale in the closet from when we moved into our house, and she put it in the master bathroom. Now, every time I take the kids to the doctors, like, I want to, like, with that, when the nurse isn't, and she's weighing the kids, you know, when she's not looking, I want to secretly jump on that scale, because I want to know how much I weigh, right? And so, I'm in, I see our scale in the bathroom, I'm like, whoa, I, I, like, because I'm, I'm already short and balding, like, the last thing I want to be is short, fat, and balding, you know what I'm saying? So, so I want to know how much I weigh, so I jump on that scale, and I'm like, Wow. That is not my wrestling weight. Like, I am way beyond that. And so I'm now motivated. I go for a jog, you know, and um, I'm exercising and stuff. And the next day, I'm like, I'm so excited to see how many hundreds of pounds I've lost. <laughs> so I step on the scale, and I've gained a half a pound. I was excited, and now I'm disappointed because my scale is now giving me constructive criticism. It's saying, yeah, maybe you're exercising, but you're still eating too much. <laughs> and this, this, this young man, he was, he was excited to, to get these kudos from Jesus, but he got this loving criticism because Jesus loves you enough to lead you into even a challenging situation. And Jesus, verse 23, looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. 
my mom loved to sew. And when I was a kid, she taught me how to sew. Like manly quality, right? All the ladies said, amen. Okay. Uh, we'll try that again some other time. I don't even know how to fix my car, but I know how to sew. And my, I have this backpack. It's my, I use it as my carry-on when I go to the airport. And because my laptop fits real snugly in it, you know, and, and my nylon strap was coming off. So I get out the table, I set it up in the garage, I get the sewing machine out, and I'm going to sew this nylon strap back on. I've got I've to thread the machine, though, right, ladies? And so the last thing you thread is the needle. And so I've got this thread, and I, I've, I lost my glasses like a year or two ago, and I, I just don't want to pay 400 bucks for a new set of bifocals. So, I, um, so I'm trying to thread it, right? And, um, and, and I can't. It's just way too blurry. So, so, here, so then I'm like doing it like from this far, and I'm trying to, th- and I still can't thread it. So you know what you do, ladies, right? You, you lick the end, you know? Any, any of those straggly fuzzies, you know, you get it into a point, you know? And so I'm trying it again. Still, I can't do it. So then I do the next thing. I snip off the end. I get a nice clean cut, right? It took me like five minutes to thread the needle with just thread. A camel? Impossible, of course. That's what Jesus is saying. It is impossible for us to love God to a point where we are good enough for the kingdom of God. They're rich financially. They're tempted not to need God. They've got their portfolio. They're well-funded. The rich relationally, they're tempted not to need God. They get acclamation and love from others around them. The rich in abilities, they're tempted not to need God. They have all their accomplishments to give them self-worth. The healthy, why do you need a doctor when you're not sick? And if you're If you're driving, why would you want to get over to the other seat when you're in control? It is so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed, and they said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them, and he said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It is, we know, it it is impossible to inherit eternal life without God intervening. It is impossible without God intervening. Nothing could change our position. Nothing could put us in right standing with God because of our rebellion. And then we meet Jesus. And we're convicted of our sin. And we repented, Christian. And we believed upon Jesus for our salvation. And because of that, the Holy Spirit, God gave us the power of his Holy Spirit inside us to be able to kick out all those things that were coming between us and God in our hearts. 
And it gave us the power to appreciate God's mercy and his grace. Mercy being not getting what we do deserve, i.e. punishment, and grace getting what we don't deserve, i.e. forgiveness. Eternal life is something that we receive, not earn. Friday night, uh, my son Caleb got invited to go airsofting, like paintballing, but with an airsoft gun. And uh, he really wanted to go, but we didn't have the finances to, to let him go. And, and so on the group text, Tammy said back to the parents, um, uh, Caleb would, would love to go. Like, she doesn't want them to think that he doesn't want to go. So she says, you know, we, he'd love to go. We just don't have the, the finances right now for it. And so one of the parents texted, texted back Tammy independently, and she said, we have a gift card for this place. Um, we'd really like Caleb to go. And five of his friends were going, and he's been wanting to do it for so long. And, and so Tammy comes to me, and she says, hey, like, um, what do you think we should do? Because, I mean... I don't, we, I don't, I don't want to use their gift card. Like they could use it later. Like I would, I feel, I'd feel bad. Use, and, and I said, well, it sounds like they really want Caleb to go. So let's, let's humble ourselves and let's, let's receive it. And so Tammy said, thank you. We'll, 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 we'll we appreciate that. And Caleb went airsofting. He said it was yesterday and he said it was the funnest thing he's ever done. And wants to do it every weekend. But listen. <laughs> to which I said, no. Um, we, we can't, we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We just receive eternal life. And when you stand at the pearly gates someday, if St. Peter is there, he will only ask you one question. He will say, did you love Jesus? Did you love the Father? Did you love the Holy Spirit? That's it. So Christian, I, I challenge you, is there something, anything creeping in your heart that is kind of pushing out God? If you wouldn't call yourself a Christian and you're, you've been observing Christianity, maybe you're listening to this podcast, I would challenge you. There's no way into heaven without a relationship with God. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Would you all bow your heads with me? If you're here in the sanctuary and you've been observing Christianity, you want to know that you are right with God and receive eternal life. I just want to lead you and lead all of us in a prayer. But if that is you, I would just like to know so I can pray. Would you just raise your hand without any, all heads bowed and eyes closed? 
I see your hands. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. All right, I'll, I'm going to pray. And let's all of us, out of respect, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you came to earth and you died on the cross if I were the only person. Please forgive me of my rebellion, of doing things my way, of loving other things more than you. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your spiritual gifts. Tell me, show me what my purpose is. Amen.